Welcome to Redeemer's Church Weekly Message Podcast, where our mission is simple. We are a church that is passionate about loving God and loving people. And now, we hope you enjoy this week's message by Pastor Dwight Bennett. Wow, what a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Anybody agree? I said, can I get a witness? Hallelujah. Woo, man, how exciting. Uh, got back from Mexico last Wednesday. It was one of the best trips in Mexico we've ever had. And uh, super excited about all the things that transpired there. Uh, this Wednesday, we'll be taking off for Africa for the entire month of February. When I'm done uh, preaching today, I'm going to be glad to receive any and all prayer that, uh, and any prophetic words that you might have. For the trip in the back is the complete schedule uh, somebody said pastor I looked at your schedule and I'm tired just looking at your schedule <laughs> and so that's a good sign to say that person should pray for strength for me amen hallelujah sometimes I look at my own schedule and it makes me tired when I look at it so anyway the prayer directives and the schedule for the trip are back in the back so um, last November, when I was flying back from uh, a trip to Mexico, I just was just had this Bible search thing on the airplane where I just started looking at all the different things about prayer. I knew that Pastor Caleb wanted to do uh, the 21 days of fasting and prayer at the beginning of the year, and I thought, no, I'm going to take a look at, at prayer just from maybe a different perspective. And one of the things that I saw when I was looking at the aspects of prayer was this, that there was always the people prayed, there was an action that was demanded off of the prayer, and then that action demanded courage from the people who were doing the praying. And I thought to myself, this is a whole other concept of what the ac absolute uh, uh, purpose and direction for prayer should be in our lives. I know so often we pray for this about us or this about what, you know, God help me, God help me, God help me, and, and those types of things. But God wants to do more than help you. God wants to bring an action in your life that when you have the courage to walk out what he's directing you to, that there's something transformational that happens in your life. You see, God is a God of transformation. He's a God that doesn't want to leave us in the same place he found us. He's a God that doesn't want us looking back on life and using the phrase that I used to use early in my 20s uh, that I said, wow, I wish I would have. Man, I wish I would have. I know I could have, but I wish I would have. And I came to a place early, uh, 21 or 22, that I would never look back on what happened and, and how I failed in the process or didn't do what I should have done or could have done something better. And I, I, I went through this stage of saying, man, I wish I would have. Man, I wish I would have trained better when I was on the football team. I know if I'd have trained better, you know, I could have at least got a scholarship at a Mac school instead of walking on at a Mac school. I know that I could have done that. Man, I wish I would have trained harder. Man, you know what? I wish I would have studied harder because I was smart enough to have a 4.0 and, and came out with a 3.2 something. 
But if I would, I wish I would have studied harder because and then when I didn't want to play football anymore, I could have got a scholarship for my school. Man, I wish I would have. You know, life is not, cannot be consumed with the I wish I would have. And that's the neat thing about prayer. Prayer brings us into this place to where we have an encounter with God, where the God that we encounter hears our prayer and then moves us into some form of action to take in order to facilitate what we're praying about. But yet to get to that ultimate destiny, you have to have incredible courage. To, and, and courage is something that uh, when I was thinking about this in November, I came back and I said, Caleb, I, I'd like to do the last uh, message in this series. And I want to talk about that when you pray, it's not just the praying that transpires, but it's the courage you need when God connects with you so that you can do the things that God is inspiring you to do through the prayer that you make. See, prayer is that, that catalyst. I wrote this down. I want to actually read this. Prayer is the catalyst that brings forth action, and biblical action demands courage. And so you'll see that time and time and time and time again as we walk through some of the scriptures that I'm going to talk about. You can open up your Bibles to the book of Acts because I'm just going to take a, a, a journey through four different instances in the book of Acts where you can see this come to, 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 to fruition. The prayer and then God inspires the action and then for the people to, to do what needs to be accomplished, then they have to have the courage to carry out what they do. You know, when we look through different instances in life and different circumstances, I love to see people who have incredible courage. As a matter of fact, I, I, I don't only like, I, you know, I'd lo I love to meet those kind of people. I love when we got to meet the Ben Moemas of the world and was in the Idi Amin death camp. And when they were literally smashing Coke bottles over his head, to tell him you need to deny Jesus, that he said, I will not deny Jesus. He had a courage to stand in the face of all adversity. And when it came to the place to where they were pulling people out of the prison cells and, and killing them, and they, they would never come back, and then the three people they murdered the day before, they would call their names out in a mental torment exercise and say they were going to release them, knowing they just killed them. And this is the place where his courage had to remain resolute inside of this cell that a hundred people were packed inside of. He spent those days of what he was anticipating to be his last days with the courage not to worry about his self-preservation, but when he prayed, he was praying for the people inside of their knowing that every day people were going to be pulled out of there and killed, but he was witnessing to them salvation so that when and if it took place, that they would know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. That's courage. In the face of the greatest adversity, a tragedy like we could never imagine in our entire lifetime. I love the fact that through his prayers and through his work and through the people that got saved, one day, this, he, he describes it as this larger-than-life general in a general's uniform came up into the cell 
and called out his name, his buddy's name, and what was to be his wife's name. They weren't married yet. By the way, in their interrogation, they were wanting to force them into intimacy, and they said, we cannot do that because we are not married, and that would dishonor God. And what they got was the butt of a rifle smacking them in the face. You do it. We, you, we, you need to do this. And they said, no, we're not going to do that because that dishonors God. I mean, can you imagine this torment? So this general comes up to the cell and he calls out their name and commands this guard to open the doors and let them out. And the guy says, oh, no, no, no. These people are actually in there. We don't let people out of there. We just we call names of people who are already deceased. And this general said, open the door and let them out now. He was not going to take no for an answer. So the three people got out of the cell. They walked through there. They got driven through the double gates of this prison where no one ever leaves this place. Because of their courage to stand in the midst of that incredible adversity, they had not fed them for 14 days. It took them a month to recover outside of this jail cell. What an amazing testimony of courage. I love to see people who face tremendous adversity, but they stand in the midst of it all. One of the people I used to like to watch a video of was Chuck Yeager. He was a test pilot. And uh, this mug was just, he was crazy beyond crazy. He would get into airplanes that had never been flown before that were supposed to fly at speeds that had never been reached before. And he would hope to get this plane not only up in the air but down on the ground again and, and survive the event. So in er, October 14th of 1947, he flew the experimental X-1 aircraft that he nicknamed uh, Glamorous Glennis, and that was in honor of his wife. And so on that day in October 14th, 1947, for the first time ever, an aircraft flew beyond the speed of sound, somewhere over 700 miles an hour. And he was the pilot of that airplane. And his definition of courage is courage is not the absence of fear, but the strength to overcome it. One of his things that he liked to say in his interviews was, if you walk away from a landing, it's a good landing. And if you use the airplane the next day, it's an outstanding landing. <laughs> so, you know, he, he, he's flown a lot of planes that crash landed, but he got out of them. But if you can reuse that plane, then it's an amazing adventure. When I look back on the life of Abraham Lincoln, I look back at all of the failures of his political aspirations until he got that place to be where he could be the ultimate leader of our nation. I think of the courage that it took every time to put your name back up on that ballot just after you got defeated the time before. And then you get defeated again and you put your name back on that ballot and you get defeated again all of these different times. But isn't it interesting that the courage that Abraham Lincoln had moved him into a place of being a president at the time when no one wanted to see uh, freedom for the slave people that were in our nation, but he had a vision. And in his mind, he said that, you know, my destiny is to come to bring America to 
face the place that it is at, even in the midst of it being extremely unpopular. And knowing that one side of the aisle is going to give you zero votes and you've got to massage your side of the aisle to get the votes that you need. Amazing courage that moved this nation into a civil war. But he had to have the courage to do what needed to be done. And in the Gettysburg Address, he says, fourscore and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a civil war. And so he talked about courage this way. Uh, it often requires more courage to dare to do right than to do wrong. And then he said this, now listen to this, to sin by silence when they should protest makes cowards of men. And what's the opposite of courage is cowardice. And so he took on an issue that was extremely unpopular, but by the courage and the faith that he had in God, he carried out the most incredible thing that I would say one of the greatest things that our nation has ever done is what Abraham Lincoln did in the time that he was president. I have a friend that's a, a coach, and uh, he was an assistant coach for a while, and he was wanting to try his hand at being the head coach, and he knew he was a good coach, and so he was applying for jobs, and somebody called to hire him, and uh, this program that he got hired in had not had a winning season in more than 20 years. And, and so he, in his mind, that's exactly the place he wanted to go. He didn't want to go into an established winner. He wanted to go into a place that had never won and make it a champion. And this friend of mine who did that, within four years, that this team that he took over that had two wins one year, last year had over 20 wins, and for the first time since 1990, they won their, their conference championship. And so that's courage, to look at something that everybody would look at as, you know, trying to find anybody to take it over, to they ended up hiring an incredible person who changed the whole face of, of that program. And quite frankly, there's a possibility that they're going to make a run at the state this year because of what has been built over the last five years. See, courage is when you look at something that seems like the face of adversity and you face it head on. And this is what prayer brings us to the point of. See, when Pastor Caleb said this morning about what was spoken of in, in the prayer room, as they prayed, God showed them something that brought forth the action. And the action was that Pastor Caleb took what they heard from God, brought it to the pulpit, and introduced it to you all, and many of you said, that's exactly what I'm dealing with, and you took action. And by courage, and Caleb said this, hey, I'm glad to see you're standing, this is a family. Family or no family, it sometimes takes courage to stand when somebody up here says something's messed up and you got to stand up and say, that's me, I'm messed up. 
But the only way to change the direction is to take an action. And a lot of times that action takes courage. And when you take courage to, to move in the action that God's showing you, then something always happens off of that. And I believe that every person who stood for prayer today, that this is the first day of the next dimension of your journey. Teresa, in her baptism, this is the first day, the next day of the dimension of her journey. The action took courage. Courage always moves us to that next place of where we get to go as believers. Courage is not knowing exactly where God is taking you, but you go anyway. Now let me read that again. Courage is not knowing exactly where God is taking you, but you go anyway. On Wednesday, when we leave for Africa, it's off of a decision that we made in 2016 that has brought us to the place that we are today. And we've been talking about this, Isaiah and Burundi, and myself and Pastor Chuck, when we met Isaiah in Kenya that time, and Isaiah invites us to come to Burundi, and then we say we're going to pray. So we both prayed that night in the midst of being tired and wrung out from the end of the trip. We both prayed, and when we came back, prayer, and I said, Chuck, what do you think? Are we going to Burundi? He said, yes. I said, I agree that we should do that. Then that's the action. And then we go in to talk to our Kenyan friends, and they all say, you guys are crazy. Don't go to Burundi. That place is blah, 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 blah. And so then came the courage to be able to say, it doesn't matter what everyone says. If God says it, we prayed about it. He said, here's your action. Now, do you have the courage to go, knowing that this is where I want you to go? So courage is not exactly knowing where God is taking you, but you go anyway. But you go anyway. Courage is being strong and steadfast in the ways of God, even if you're the only one. Even if you're the only one. I know that some of you uh, got saved and you were the only one in your family that got saved. But something happened to you on a day you you uh, said a prayer of salvation, you took the action to do that, and then you've been in a place of courage walking out that decision, even in the face of all of the adversity that uh, has came your way because of the decision that you made. And, and I know that this is true. It's by grace that we have the opportunity to be able to make a difference. But when we fast and pray why do we fast and pray so that we can kick off that diet that we've wanted to to go on and this is a great spiritual opportunity to put away the sweets and maybe you won't pick them back up on day 22 well that is what a lot of people use fasting for but when we come to the place of really understanding when we pray if we're going to connect with God there's probably going to be an action that needs to come off of that prayer. And then we're going to have to have the courage to say that, Father, I will walk out what you're showing me. Prayer is just not a one-sided coin when we see it biblically. 
if you, I'm going to flip back just for a second. If you look at where uh, Pastor Caleb was speaking in, in Matthew chapter 17 the other day, we were talking about in verse 20 when the people asked Jesus, they, it said, we brought these guys to your disciples. They, they prayed, but nothing happened. And then Jesus said, because of your unbelief in verse 20, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed. In, in other words, our prayer is a seed that becomes implanted in, into the atmosphere. It, there are words that are seeds that get implanted into hearts, into minds, into activities. And the soil of that is the, is, or the, the seed turns into something because of the faith that we have to walk it out. If, and if you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will be moved, and nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you. And then Jesus says this, however, this kind, he's talking about demonic possession, this kind, this, this, this type of thing going on, it does not go out except by prayer and what? Fasting. And so Jesus is saying that when you pray and when you fast, there is an atmosphere for action that if you will have courage, that not only will you see your prayer answer, but you'll even be able to face something in the demonic realm that is hindering you in the flesh and you can't walk out of it. And when you're in that, okay, prayer 101, when you are in a situation to where it has disturbed you, you're, you're being depressed by it, you're, you're, you're feeling like you can't move forward, it has a physical manifestation in your body, you, you can't reason it away, it's probably something that the enemy is putting upon you. And how do you walk out of that? By prayer and fasting. And he says, when you apply these two techniques to that spiritual battle that you're facing, when you take that action to pray and fast over that situation, and if you will have courage, that you will be able to walk away from even what the enemy is trying to delay you with, and God will give you victory. There is a formulation for victory. And some of these things only come out by prayer and fasting. So when we are fasting, we can see that in that particular instance, that there is something that's transpiring in the life of these people. It couldn't be broken by just a normal realm of prayer. And then Jesus says, wait a minute, there's still an answer to this. And the way to defeat this is by prayer and fasting. And so when you pray and fast and when you pray about that situation, God's going to provide an action for you to be able to turn the corner on the thing you're dealing with. And if you will have courage to face it, you will find victory on the other side of this, uh, 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 this time of prayer and this time of fasting. Now, I don't know about you, but that's encouraging. So too often I don't think we pray with this mindset that what we're praying into 
it is going to change because we serve a powerful God who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ever imagine. And if he is in the midst of that circumstance, as we pray, he's going to provide what we need to move forward. But sometimes, like we said before, on the December 31st when I preached about forward thinking, sometimes we embrace our past like an old friend. And we have became comfortable in allowing the enemy to torment us. And you say, how could we ever do that? It happens. Whether it's our flesh tormenting us, the enemy tormenting us, just our unwillingness to try to move forward. But see, what God is saying in these particular cases, when you apply the ideology of prayer in the concept of this is going to change something, then you begin to look for the solution. When you find the solution, that means you take an action. But in order to take that action, you've got to be courageous. You, you've got to have great courage to stand in the face of that adversity. It's the same of what when David stood before Goliath, he, he was not unaware of the size of the giant. When you are praying, it's not that you are unaware of the size of the situation you're praying about, but when you start seeing your prayers get answered, then you begin to see the size of the God that you serve will always overwhelm the size of the battle that you're facing. Come on, somebody. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want a fact, I don't want a God that I'm, I'm begging and hoping something can happen, hoping that he's bigger than, than my ca catastrophe. He is bigger than any situation that you face in your life. Way bigger than that. But when we go into our prayer situations without the ideology that I'm expecting something to come out of the, on the outside of this, then we're praying in vain. Why are you praying? Why are you praying? You know, I have a lot of prayer that has been going in to this next 30 days of my life. I'm going to be in four different nations. I'm going to be battling principalities and powers over four ruling areas of Africa. And the demonic is alive and well in the places that I'm going. So I need to have a, a stealth or Teflon front on me that when I'm moving forward, that the enemy just misses me every place that I go. This is real life for me. And so when I'm praying, I'm expecting an action to transpire for God and what he's going to do in and through me. And knowing that that's going to be the case, then I have to have the courage to get in that airplane knowing I'm going to face situations when I get there. But I've seen God do so many incredible things that I have the courage like I've never had before to do the things that he's called me to do. When we get into... Oh, come on, one more time. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm trying to plant a seed here, so don't fall asleep on me and don't think that 
I don't know what I'm talking about today. I know exactly what I'm talking about today. I know exactly where I'm headed with this today. I want to plant a seed that germinates inside of your spirit that the next time you sit down to pray, that you are praying in a, with a different confidence that you had before. And if this 21 days of fasting, Pastor Caleb, does anything for everyone here, I pray that it releases a new courage inside of each person here that says these next 11 months of 2024 are not even remotely going to be close to what 2023 looked like. Because I am praying with a purpose. Oh, these things only come out by fasting and praying. Okay, then they come out. So fast and pray, knowing that there is an end, there is a solution. Are you all with me? We have a God that has answers. We have a God that provides solutions. Now, let's go back, let's go to Acts chapter 1 now, okay? Biblical action demands courage. Courage is strength in the face of adversity. Listen, strength of mind to carry on in spite of danger or difficulties. In spite of dangers or difficulties. Acts chapter 1, Jesus is telling, he's already told these guys, wait in the upper room. You know, there's going to be something that incredible that's going to transpire, that's going to transition the entire New Testament church. They've just watched their Savior be crucified. They're a little wounded right now. Their confidence is probably a little low at this, at this particular part. But in verse 14, it says, when they were up in this upper room, in verse 14, it says, these all continued together. It says one accord. They were, they were focusing their prayer in one accord. They were there because God or Jesus told them to go there. And they were doing what they were told to do, taking that action of, of joining together. And it said in prayer and supplication. Supplication is a, is a more, uh, uh, it's a form of praying that says, I'm not going to quit. 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 I'm going to keep banging on the door until I get the answer. So with prayer and supplication, with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brother, that's what they were doing there. Acts chapter 2, then what they were praying into, what God said was theirs. Now, do you understand this? Jesus already said this, you have to wait for what's going to happen in, in you and through you. So they are assembled. So what are they doing? Praying into the truth of what was promised to them, not even knowing exactly what this was going to bear out or what it was going to look like. Courage is not knowing exactly where God is taking you, but you go anyway. They were just simply being obedient to the voice of Jesus to go into that upper room and prepare themselves for something that was going to blow their mind. Do you realize that right on the outside of your situation is an answer to your prayer that is going to blow your mind? And if you will pray differently as if I'm praying for a real answer to come about, and I'm going to take the action that Jesus called. Oh, now, come on now. 
this action thing's super uncomfortable at times. Super uncomfortable at times. But if you will take that action anyway and have the courage, I'm praying one day that God will remove Diet Dr. Pepper from me. <laughs> Father, in Jesus' name. And it, 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 it's going to require an action from me, and it's going to hurt when he says, Brother, you're 62 years old. you got to give that stuff up. So, but that, but that is, it, it, you know, when we pray, these guys are in the upper room moving forward. They are in, wow, it's 1123 already. How does that happen on Sunday morning? It doesn't happen like that at 10 o'clock any other day where it just flies by. Um, so they waited, and, and they were there in one accord, and the uh, power of the Holy Spirit comes upon them, okay? They, they, they prayed. The action was the Holy Spirit came upon them, and then they had to have a courage to walk out what they received. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 14, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. And he begins to preach the, most, the, the, the first and most powerful message of the opening of the entire New Testament church. And this is the guy that denied Jesus three times. So isn't it interesting? Y'all might have thought, well, you know, I did this to God. I stepped away from God. I didn't listen to God. Didn't do it's okay. Don't do it again. Step into that place of action and move. And you might be like Peter, the one who denied Jesus three times. Now he's preaching a powerful message that brought thousands of people to come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Isn't it incredible? Prayer, the action, the fulfillment, and then the courage to walk out and do. Turn with me to Acts chapter 4. And these are the things that I was reading uh, on this way home from Mexico. Acts chapter 4, verses 13 through 22. These guys are now being ridiculed by the public uh, officials about the things that they, the miracles that they're performing. And, uh, and 13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Wow. See, what happens when, you, when, when your prayers start to get answered, people notice. See, these, they, it, it, the, the people were seeing beyond who these cats were. Oh, I'm not enough to do this, Pastor. And, you know, I don't have enough respect to do I, I don't have enough edge. What? All this says is the people who were doing the do, the people watching said these are the uneducated and untrained men. They marveled. And they realized they'd been with Jesus. How do you be with Jesus? In prayer. People notice when you're a prayer warrior. They see it in your life. And seeing these men who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. See, there's something that happens when you walk out for God and do God that people can't even come against what you're doing. Saying, what do we do with these men in verse 16? For indeed, a notable miracle has been done through them. That's evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem. 
but so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter, everybody say, but Peter. And every say, but John. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Then in verse 23, it says a prayer for boldness. And so being let go, they went to their own companions and reported everything to the chief priests and elders that said to them. And when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are the God who made heaven and earth and all that's within it. They're, they're praying to God, back to him, of who he is and what they know because they know they're going to need him in a supernatural way. See how they're praying? Father, I want to remind you, do you know how many times I've said to God when I need another hundred projectors? Father, let me remind you that these are your schools. And though I have no idea where this money's going to come from, you do, and so please make it happen quickly. We have 64 projectors and hard drives that are all packed and ready to go. $8,000 worth of equipment is all ready to go. Where we had nothing, now God's provided everything. You, you, you see how this works? But listen to this. So the, by the mouth of David, you've said, why do the nations rage? The kings of earth uh, took their stand. The rulers had gathered. That's verse 26 against the Lord and his Christ. For truly your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and other people of, uh, were gathered against them to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined to be done. Verse 29. Now, Lord. Look at their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they might speak your word. By stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Verse 31. And when they had prayed, what happened? The place where they were assembled together was what? Shaken. There was a tangible See, they needed Jesus to do something. They were praying in remembrance of me. Do you know when we take communion and Jesus says, hey, do this in remembrance of me, and next time you need a miracle, remember I got them all. Do this in remembrance of me. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with what? Boldness. They prayed. Here was what they were asking God to do. Give them the opportunity to see miracles. And so then they had a choice to make. The people, the government just told them to shut up. But they were praying for what God wanted. And God filled them with boldness. And what did they, or filled them with the Holy Spirit, and then boldness came upon them, and they began to do the same thing that they were called to stop doing. Then the multitudes of those who believed were of one heart and one soul, 
Neither did anyone say that any of the things they possessed was their own. They had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And a great, what? Grace was upon them. You know, one of the things that we miss in the journey is the grace to carry out where God wants us to be. And God has great grace for you. Now, on your own, I want you to read all of Acts chapter 10 and look how this connection of prayer between Cornelius and Peter happened. Two dudes praying. God calls them to some form of action because of great courage on both of their parts. As they walked out in the power of that courage, then the whole entire church was opened up to us, the Gentiles. That's what prayer does. Prayer connects us. Prayer inspires us. Prayer brings us to action. And prayer should bring an answer that blows our minds. It just should. And so at the end of this time of our fast, this is what I'm praying will happen in you and through you that you will begin to pray just a little differently. That you will begin to expect things like you've never expected them before. That you will pray, and when you sense the Holy Spirit bringing you to a point of action, that you will have the courage to step out and do what God's designing you to do. And I guarantee you, when you do that two or three times, your life will never, ever, ever be the same. And I don't know about you, but I'm happy for this day, but I want to be even better tomorrow when, when I'm walking out the things that God has called me to do. So I hope that today planted a seed inside of your mind that we are not just, what do we do at the outside of this 21 days? Well, ramp up your expectation. This ends on February 4th. Now begin to fast and pray with expectation. Begin to actually have the courage to say to God, all of these things that you have prayed over these last days, say, Father, give me some form of action that will transform the situation that I am in. And even better than that, give me the courage to do it. Would you stand with me today? Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. We hope you were challenged, encouraged, and inspired as you listened to this teaching from God's Word. For more messages or information about our church, please go to www.redeemers.life.